0: My name's Rod, if you don't know who I am. If you do know who I am, that was a bit redundant. If you're new to the river, we want to say welcome. And I want to give you a few insights as to what kind of we do here. If you're new and you have no idea what's going on, and by the time we're finished with the service, you still have no idea what's going on, then you can go out this door, down the hall, take a left, first door on your right, and this guy, with his hand in the air, thank you, if you would have left your hand down I would have been in trouble. The guy with his hand in the air will will be in starting point to help you understand what's going on. Um, also, the other day Rob and I were hiking in the Smoky Mountains, our lead pastor, and we started to talk about why we go to church, and it was about a 10 second conversation, but I feel... Like, a lot of people go to church for a lot of different reasons. If you come to the river, the reason we come here is one singular reason. To worship God. Do you agree? It's to worship God. Now, the cool thing about that is, when we worship God, cool stuff happens. Like, we go away from church and we're like, man, church was so good today. And I really felt the Lord. And that's a good place to be. It really has nothing to do with any of that, although those things are good. We can't define church by those things. We come simply to worship God because He's holy, because He's awesome, because He sent His Son to die for our sins, and because He deserves it, right? So that's why we're at church. Now, if you're new... I said that for the new people, the people who come here all the time. They, you guys already know that. I said that for anyone who's new. Simply to say, we're not really here to entertain you, or I wouldn't be preaching. <laughs> who was this weird guy? Looks like Woody from Toy Story up there. Some people say Shaggy from Scooby Doo. It's probably more accurate. No clapping on that. Jeez. I insult myself, and you guys start clapping and cheering. What is this place? Um, and I totally forgot, forgot where I was. We're not here to entertain, we're here to worship God. At the end of this service, you're going to hear me say a couple different things. One of them, I'm going to say, don't forget your joy boxes, and everyone's going to say heart, and some people do the, like we're a gang, pound your heart. Don't forget your joy boxes, peace, right? That's, that's, that's the tithing, you know, giving is between you and God, and giving is a form of worship, Right? Giving is not between you and God and the creepy man with the offering plate staring at you. Put money in or else. It's between you and God. So we have boxes in the back. And if on your way out or on your way in, you want to worship God in that way, then we encourage that. But it's between you and God. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. It makes sense to everybody who's already here, but if you're new. Also, we have children in service with us, and sometimes dads will get up and take their children to the restroom, and they'll cross in front of the preacher, and nobody cares because we want children to worship the Father in the diverse community that we exist in because it is important. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and I understand that children can come to Jesus in the park, they can come to Jesus in the youth room, they can come to Jesus anywhere, but we feel it is important most of the time to have our children worshiping with the greater community, because why? That's what heaven's going to look like. Some of us are going to be surprised that heaven is not all white when we get up there. It's going to be vastly Chinese, to be honest. Vastly. It's going to be so diverse. And children are going to be there. And older people are going to be there. And we want to represent that now in this place. So if a baby decides to say amen in their language, we don't get distracted. Because it's a beautiful thing. And fourthly, we have a prayer team up here after every service by this cross. Because we have people who are passionate about seeking the King of Kings with you and for you so that you can learn to embrace and worship God like he is meant to be worshipped. And sometimes junk in our lives gets in the way of that. And so we want to be able to help you get there. And that's what prayer is all about. And Jesus already taught us how to pray. So you're not going to get anything Anything up there that you don't already know, we're going to call the kingdom of God into your life. And it can be pretty powerful. Now, those are all the announcements. I hope I didn't miss any. I'll hear about it in staff meeting if I did. We've been talking about the four values of the river. Rob has preached on the first three. One, intimacy. This is a community of people who are intimate with Jesus. We go away on our own and we get with Jesus so that we can know him, so that we can hear from him, so that he can pour into us, so that we can impact the second value of the river community. That we don't exist as a single rugged individual trying to white knuckle our way through this life and follow Christ. We are meant to be one body coming together in the same way that we are intimate with Jesus so that we can do number three value of the river, have mercy for people who need to encounter Christ. And we do that in this place in a ton of different ways, and Rob preached on it, but that is who we are so that we can fulfill the fourth value, which I get to teach on today, multiplication, so that everything we're doing on any level of a micro scale gets to be accomplished in a macro world. And we can do this for as many people as possible across the nation, across Kalamazoo, and hopefully across the world. And we've already reached all the way to Uganda, and Dan went over to Ireland, or i don't even know where he was but you know revival evidently spread out because he was the one who came down from the altar as it had been prophesied and that's a phenomenal story we want to be multiplied so that's what we're talking about today but again before i teach if god doesn't speak to you we're all screwed if god doesn't speak to you it doesn't matter what type of exegesis i perform And so if we could all just humble ourselves and take a moment and ask the creator of the universe who has been known since the beginning of time to speak things into existence, if we could ask him to speak to our hearts and our minds and bring change to us and transform us so that we can stop conforming to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of our minds, if we would ask God to change the way we think and speak to us, then something creative could happen like he always does. So can we do that? 30 seconds. Between you and God and this community, let's ask the Lord to speak. Father God, you are a creative God. And you love us so much. And we ask right now, humbly, knowing that you're a God who has used your words in powerful ways to speak to our hearts and to speak to our minds and to do something creative in us so that we can be changed and so that we can change the world. Father, thank you that we can come and worship you this morning, and we ask that you speak to all of us. We bind all distractions from this room, and we bind the kingdom of darkness that would try to steal the seed that you're going to sow into our lives this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Matthew chapter 14. Talking about multiplication. Matthew chapter 14. This is one of my favorite stories, just because I think it's awesome. That's it. Anytime I read about Jesus' miracles, it's just awesome. And sometimes we overlook them. Matthew chapter 14, starting in verse 13. When I'm walking, am I messing with the, any of the volume? Okay, good. I just don't want to be put the mic closer up to my mouth. Very good. Sound people are awesome. I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. I just hook this thing on my ear and I start talking. Are we good? Is there, are, are, am I, do I sound okay? Sweet. Thank you. Matthew chapter 14, verse 13. Now, this is obviously the feeding of the 5,000. We're going to go through it. Then we're going to talk about multiplication. When Jesus heard what had happened... He withdrew by boat to a solitary place. Time out. Jesus withdrew by boat to a solitary place. Value number one of the river. Intimacy. I think Jesus went away to get with Jesus. Right? Yeah. Jesus went away to get with his father. Because he knows that if he can get with the creator of the universe, everything's going to flow out of that. So intimacy fulfilled. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. Number two, out of his intimacy with the father, the community begins to develop. And people are beginning to follow him. Also, he healed everyone he ever touched or saw. So they followed him because of that too. (laughs) Number three, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. Number three, mercy. Jesus gets with the Father He gets away so that he can hear those kind words and understand his purpose as only of the creator of the universe could speak into him. The community follows him and immediately when the community embraces who this son of God is, he has compassion on them and begins to exercise mercy into them. That's only the first two verses of this chapter. Jesus is fulfilling the same principles. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, as a good disciple would. This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away, Jesus, so they can go to villages and buy foods for themselves. Fourth value of the river, human nature. No. Man, why would the disciples say that? They're they're just squashing the whole vibe, man. Jesus is doing all this good stuff, and the disciples are like, send them away. Jesus, teach a man to fish, and he will be fed for his lifetime. And Jesus says, you know that's not a Bible verse, right? You know that's not in the Bible. You talk about it like it is all the time, Peter, but it's not. It's not in the Bible. Send these people away so they can go buy food for themselves. And Jesus' reply They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. You, my disciples, give them something to eat. And now the disciples start to argue. We have here only five loaves and bread and two fish, and I'm kind of hungry. Bring them here to me, Jesus said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men, besides women and children. So, obviously more than 5,000 men. Here's what I think is cool. Number one... You can give Jesus a loaf of bread, and he can multiply it like a billion times. That's cool, right? Come on. I mean, I, I'm not really preaching yet. You'll feel it. You'll feel it when I start, like, getting into it. I'll be like, yeah, Jesus is coming. You're not even laughing at my jokes this morning. What is going on? Is it, is, was it the 4th of July fireworks, and your ears are plugged, or what? Were you sitting under the big explosions? Jesus can take a piece of bread, and he can multiply it a million times. It doesn't matter how much you give him. Jesus can take that thing and start breaking it into pieces until over 5,000 people are full. Can I get an amen? There we go. That's Jesus. I wonder what he could do with 20 loaves of bread. I wonder what he could do with some fish. And yet, in the midst of that, being the most powerful being in the universe, condescended to this planet in the form of man so that we could interact with him and not feel like he is far away, Jesus doesn't take the glory He tells his disciples, You give them something to eat. Bring me the bread. I'll do the hard part. You go distribute it. And we find one of the most profound things in the kingdom of God hidden right there. Jesus doesn't want to be the distributor. He'll do the miracles, He will do the miracles. He has no problem doing the miracles, He's not going to leave you hanging. He's not going to leave me hanging. He wasn't going to leave his disciples hanging. But he's not going to distribute it. He's going to give it to you. He's going to give what you give to him back to you in greater quantity and number and power than what you had initially given to him. And he's going to ask you to turn it around and what has been multiplied already, share. So the river values multiplication. But we don't value multiplication like we're the ones with the power to multiply. We value multiplication because Jesus has shown time and again that he is a God who has the power and authority to multiply all that is good to all that are in need. And if we can embrace that miracle of multiplication, he will graciously allow us to distribute it. Now Jesus multiplied a bunch of bread... And in that breaking of the bread, he symbolized a great sacrifice that he was going to experience and give. And churches embraced that, and they called it the sacrament or the ordinance of communion. And they said, you must come down and receive this element during this ceremony to begin a relationship with jesus because we know that his gift his offering of salvation is available to all because we saw him do it in front of five thousand people and then he did it with his own body in front of the entire world and jesus is available to all and so across the nation and across the world every sunday there are millions of churches with people walking the aisles, taking a piece of bread, dipping it into the wine, putting it into their mouths, and receiving the body and the blood of our Lord as they understand it, knowing that that grace is available to everyone. And in some churches, don't let you do it unless you're a member. Which makes sense, right? I mean, you should be a member. That was too cynical, I'm sorry, forgive me. The reality is an encounter with Christ is more than a ceremony, although it can happen in a ceremony, but an encounter with Christ is an event that leaves a person so transformed and embracing the power, grace, and love of God through Jesus, so much so that the trajectory of their life is changed, completely changed the example would be thousands of people who had not been fed and had no way of being fed. And disciples who didn't understand what was possible through God encountered a Christ who could multiply. And when they encountered that Christ who could multiply, and they saw that power, and they experienced that grace and that love and that humility to let other people distribute that grace... They were headed one way with their thinking. And after that encounter and after that moment, they were headed a completely different way. Their trajectory was changed. Jesus had made them disciples, they now followed him into greater power. Here's an example I love giving examples. Gordon Van Gent, awesome worship leader. He also married an awesome wife named Danny. Danny is part of our street teams that go out. And she was out last week with Anthony's team. Is Anthony here? I think that was him who made that noise. And they came across the woman whose mouth was so swollen because of a tooth abscess that she couldn't even talk. Now, Logan told me that she had to leave during the conversation to go spit blood and then come back because the woman couldn't even talk. So, Danny starts to pray for this woman because she's already been taught how to pray, right? Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. And she prays as the Spirit of God leads her. And Keith, who's on that team, says that he watches the swelling on this woman's face go down. And then Danny says, I feel like I'm also supposed to pray for your back. And so Danny prays for this woman's back. But the woman never told Danny that her back was hurting. Surprise, it really was hurting. By the time they're done praying, the woman's face is normal. She can talk normal, and her back is fine. Now that's cool, right? But what is neat about that story is not just the miracle. We're not chasing after miracles. What is neat about the story is that Jesus had the power to do whatever he wanted in that woman's life, in that woman's mouth, in that woman's back. And yet he told Danny, that woman needs something, go and give it to her. And not only did he allow Danny to give it to her, but he completely empowered every miracle that needed to happen for Danny to give that to that woman. So that, even with the back thing that the woman didn't share, when that woman left their conversation, she didn't go away saying, man, that Danny girl is awesome. She went away saying, how could have this woman known that my back was hurt and how could have this swelling went down in my mouth where I couldn't talk before then now I can talk unless there is a God in this universe who sees me from afar and loves me and is willing to say have the people sit down I'm about to provide their needs and Danny was given this crazy gift in a moment to multiply the kingdom of God. And that woman, because of that experience, now has the opportunity, once thinking this way, to completely turn and now become a disciple, one who follows Jesus. That's pretty sweet. Don't you agree? I agree. If we're going to value multiplication, oftentimes I think like Multiplication is one of those things that's like, yeah, intimacy with Jesus, yeah, community, yeah, mercy. Multiplication, I don't know what that means. If you're going to value multiplication, we have to understand and value what we're multiplying. We're multiplying the power, the love, the authority, and the grace of God to as many people in this world as we possibly can. That's what we're doing. Because we have a Jesus, we have a God, we have a Holy Spirit who will say, they're in need, you give them something to eat. And we have the choice to go sit down and say, okay, how can I give these people something to eat? What do I need to do? Maybe if I budget this way, maybe if I, how can we do this? What kind of program can we use? Let's set this thing up. Or we can say, okay, Jesus, I will give them something to eat. But you have to give me that thing and you've taught me how to pray. So I'm going to go into these situations and I'm going to just start saying it. Lord, let your kingdom come. Lord, let your kingdom come. Lord, let your kingdom come. And your will be done on this planet just like it's done in heaven. In this person's life, just like it's done in heaven. Whether they hear you or not. Whether you talk to them or not. Whether your hands on them or not. Whatever God is leading you to do, you have to step into that. Otherwise, We turn political and we say, Jesus, take care of this person and send them home so they can get some food and bring them back to me when they're more healthy and we can experience Christ together. And that, my friends, is not what Jesus is about. Not at all. Not at all. The river is a community of people who seek to multiply Jesus' love to as much of our circumference as possible that's what's cool about this place we fi- we just we do whatever we can we fly over to uganda and just start meeting people and hanging out with them and then we find their needs and we ask the lord to help us meet their needs we just go into schools and we just try to take over their schools. We go coach there. We go tutor there. We just go walk around and pray for it. We get them to unlock it and walk through the halls, praying and touching lockers. We fill up coolers with freeze pops and walk around just saying, Jesus, you have what it takes to meet everyone's needs, spiritual, physical, emotional, and we're going to be the distributors because we want to be multipliers of your kingdom. It's phenomenal. Have you ever seen a dandelion? That was a great transition right there. Have you ever seen a dandelion? I mean, my gosh. They are what you call invasive. Bamboo is invasive. Did you know? I had to write this down. Some bamboo can spring and grow 12 inches a day. It can reach 15 feet tall. And it can travel 20 feet or more from the original clump when it was planted. You plant some forms of bamboo in your yard, you are in trouble. You plant dandelions in your yard, you're crazy. (laughs) I will pick dandelions and throw them over my neighbor's fence. (laughs) Just kidding. That would be terrible. These things are invasive. And Jesus said yeast is invasive. You guys know where I'm going? That's the multiplication power of the kingdom of God. You plant yourself in a place. You plant yourself in your work. You plant yourself wherever the spirit of God leads you. And when I talk about God speaking, I don't think we need to define it. Because I think the enemy, the one who hates us, has us all trying to define how God speaks so much so that we're confused. You know... God gave us eyes. He gave us the mind of Christ. He reveals places to us all the time that we need to plant ourselves. And if we would simply be obedient to that, saying, God, you have the power to make one loaf of bread into a million loaves of bread, and I'll be the distributor, that won't be matched. That dandelion will take over the whole yard. That little piece of bamboo will take over everything around it. And we're afraid that the enemy is invasive because in the parable of the sower, God says the seed fell among weeds. I have news for you. The devil's not the weeds most of the time. We are. But we're good weeds. And it just takes a little bit and we just sweep through the entire place. Until there's no room for anything else but the knowledge of the saving power and grace of Jesus. That is awesome. We are invasive. The disciples were invasive. Jesus said, you feed everybody. What are you talking about? I'm one person, Jesus. I'm one seed. I'm one thing. Send these people away you feed them you feed them I'll I'll multiply everything but you feed them and then they get to encounter one of the greatest miracles of all time and just to rub it in Jesus says now go pick up the leftovers the leftovers were more than what they started with that's awesome So you guys know my son, right? Some of you do. We're about to adopt him. We're waiting for like two signatures. And they're taking forever. I'm getting mad about it. But we knew it was final. We knew that there's nothing that's going to stop this adoption, Anna and I. My brother-in-law told me this story. It was phenomenal. And so Anna and I had this adoption party. And we invited... Everyone who had come up to us multiple times and said, Hey, we're praying for this. Hey, we're praying for this. How's it going? I mean, the people who were annoying with it. We invited them because they loved us, you know. And we said, We're going to have an adoption party. And we want everyone to be there to celebrate this son coming into our kingdom, coming into our land, being embraced by us. And that, that the creator of the universe had made this possible. And people started coming over. And that's all we said was come over and have uh, walking tacos. Fill a Frito bag with meat and cheese, you know? They're delicious. Do it. Just come over. But when people started coming, they were bringing presents. We didn't ask them to bring presents, we didn't ask them at all. But he is six. I mean,. We could have assumed people were going to bring presents. The first one was Doug and Marsha Hall brought a pack of Legos for him. And Xander's eyes got huge. Someone brought me a present. Somebody else comes in. More toys. It's like a birthday party. By the end of this thing, Xander didn't even know he was at an adoption party. He was waiting at the front door. For who was next he didn't care who they were and when they walked up the door he said what'd you bring me What did you bring me and they all had something we brought you this we brought you this now I have plenty of things to take away from him when he gets in trouble all of which he loves but none of which do anything because he has a zillion of them okay I'll just go play with this what did you bring me? And everywhere we look, I'm telling you, everywhere we go, the people who are meant to encounter the love of Christ are asking the same question. What did you bring me? What do you have for me? And the encouraging point today is you have a God who can take a loaf of bread and turn it into a million loaves of bread. And all you have to do is step into that situation as the invasive dandelion that you are and say, Lord, let your kingdom come and let your will be done in this life just like it's done in heaven. And then go collect the leftovers. that's the river if you're new here welcome to the river welcome to this place man we multiply the kingdom of God everywhere we go because we serve a God who can multiply things we serve a God who can heal jaws and broken hands we serve a God who you can pray for a woman who is having kidney dialysis and kidney failure in the middle of winter over a bowl of chili. And during the middle of summer, hear from her grandson that she has no more dialysis treatments, that her kidneys are fine. And amen, I'm preaching now, Debbie. And you can hear her grandson say, I don't know what happened. It was befuddling to us. But she doesn't have kidney problems anymore. And you can collect the leftovers and say, I know who did that. Jesus did that because he loves you. Jesus did that because he simply wanted you to experience his power. Because he simply wanted you to worship him. He wanted the same thing that the church does every Sunday morning when people across the nations gather to do one thing, to worship God. He wants those people in the middle of the street, in the middle of your work, in the middle of your school, in the middle of your life, across the street, to stop and worship him. Because they've seen the power of a multiplying God. Welcome to the river, man. I love this place. And I love the God we embrace Can we do that? Can we be multipliers? You have everything in your back pocket. All you got to do is pull him out. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much that you are a powerful God who loves to multiply and who has called us and given us the honor and the privilege to be the distributors of your phenomenal life-giving power and grace. And we ask that we do not take that for granted. That you convict our hearts until we step into the places that you have called us to step into. And until we have become the multipliers that you have called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.